he told me how he felt so isolated. He goes, my family doesn't want to hear it anymore. Nobody at my work wants to hear it. He goes, and my own wife doesn't want to hear it. And he sobbed like a baby in my arms. I thought to myself, this man is so desperate for someone to believe. When is he going to get it that everybody doesn't believe because it doesn't exist? This is the Q Dropped Podcast. Stories of relationships torn apart by QAnon. go into this podcast, the more episodes we seem to have featuring people whose cues are deeply religious. Aside from one or two of the cues we've talked about, each of them have been tied to some fundamentalist Christian sect. It's been an overwhelming trend, and it has not been by design. I, myself, am not religious, but it was never my goal to tie QAnon to Christianity with this podcast. But sometimes when I look back at all the guests we've had, it certainly looks like a pattern. But this is the Q-Dropped podcast, and that means we're skeptical reasoned thinkers who understand that correlation does not equal causation. We all know that the majority of Christians out there are not affiliated with QAnon and don't buy into the BS. That's why I'm so excited to introduce you to today's guest, She's a strong, intelligent woman whose life has been turned upside down by her far-gone conspiracy theorist husband. And she's also a devout Christian with a deep disdain for QAnon. Welcome to episode three of the second season of the Q-Dropped podcast. Patrons of this podcast all get an ad-free version of this episode, so if you're over the ads and just had enough, head on over there to listen ad-free. You'll also get access to loads of extras from a lot of our episodes, including video clips from some of them. So if you want to put a face to a name, become a patron. The link is in our show notes. Our guest today is Claire. That's not her real name. And because she wants to remain anonymous and doesn't want to out anyone, we've had to bleep out her husband's name in this episode, as she used it a few times. So if you hear a bleep, that's what you're missing. Claire was a delight to speak with. She comes off as sweet and kind, but she knows what she wants, and she's not going to compromise that. She's a mom, she's a grandmother, and she is, for now still a wife. I was uh, born and raised in Ohio, uh, Catholic, by very loving parents, had two younger siblings, quite normal and wonderful childhood. Um, I married, had three children, had a wonderful 20 years with my first husband until he went a little crazy. Well, I guess narcissistic would be the better word. Um, And we got divorced. And I have custody of my now 38-year-old mentally challenged daughter, who I call Forever 7. And my boys are grown and live in one on the East Coast, one on the West Coast. In 2008, 
I met my now husband and just through friends. And I wasn't even planning on dating yet. It was all, you know, very new. And um, I thought, wow, this guy has the two top qualities on my list of what I want in a new guy. Honest and fun. That was it in a nutshell. And he was those two things like no other. And I fell fast and I fell hard. Claire had to do a little wooing. It took him a while because he'd been burned by women quite a bit over the years. But it went from there. We got engaged. We got married on a beach in Hawaii. You know, kind of like a fairy tale day. It really was. She was on cloud nine. He made me feel desirable. He made me feel important and special. He, you know, the top of my list was not good looking, tall, dark, and handsome. It was a good person. And that's what I thought I found. You know, I mean, Christian was on that list and he was a Christian. He was even an elder in his church. And he loved her right back, going all out to give her the proposal she deserved. Our birthdays are close together in the same year. We were born in the same year, and he wanted to have a joint 50th birthday party. He wanted to rent a hall, get a DJ and all this stuff. And I said, I don't want a big party. I said, let's take a nice vacation instead. So we had the party, and I invited some friends. He invited a lot of friends. And was known kind of as a woman hater because of the way women had treated him in the past. And I said to his niece, when, who he's very close with, w- when the party started, I said, I think there's like a 10% chance that could propose to me tonight. And she said, no, it's not going to happen. And he, he goes up to the DJ when the party's in full swing, and he said, uh, Claire and I would like to say a few words. And he hands the mic to me. I said, no, you go first. (laughs) And he starts talking about how wonderful I am and how no one's ever treated him this good. And he feels like the luckiest man in the world. And then he's down on one knee with a ring in his hand in front of 50 of our friends and family. And I was shocked. And then the DJ played a nice song for us to just dance to together And he said, how do you like the ring? I said, I don't care about the ring. I got you. Those were my exact words to him because I love this man so much. And I was so happy to know that I I thought I was going to spend the rest of my life with him. You know, he was grounded. He was a Christian, an elder in his church, things that I aspired to, you know. He whisked her off to be married in Hawaii. Our whole wedding trip in Hawaii was just like total bliss, I'm telling you, being over there, doing all the fun activities Hawaii has to offer. Before their wedding, they'd been able to bid on a house in an estate sale, one that might have otherwise been out of their price range. We found a beautiful house that we live in now for the time being, And we've been married now 10 years. Claire's husband had qualities that everyone loved. I have a special needs daughter. And it took him a while to understand 
how to deal with her and how to, you know, he said, he would say to me, you should do it like this, or you should do it like that. I said, no, I said, you don't get it. And then he started to get it. And then once he started to get it, it, you know, we were married and now for years, she has woke up in the morning, like all the rest of us, she goes to the bathroom, then she finds him, throws her arms around his neck and says, I love you. But Claire had seen some red flags before they were married. We got married in 12, but in 11 is when the first thing happened. Actually, my daughter was in the hospital. Um, she had suffered a stroke. That She's fine now. That's not a part of the story, really. But he called me before I went to the hospital one morning in February of 11 and said, my brother called me and said, you need to go to the bank and you need to buy about $1,000 worth of Iraqi dinar. He said, do you have enough to do that? And I said, yeah. And his brother was one of the most frugal, careful people with money I've ever met in my life. I mean, these people retired at 55 because they saved every penny they ever earned. And they're doing, they live quite comfortably. And so I trusted that over even what my husband said. And I went to the bank before I went to the hospital and I bought a thousand dollars worth of Iraqi dinar. And so did almost everyone in his family. Well, we had a family meeting and they said, it's going to happen. The money's going to hit. It, the dinar is going to revalue. They called it the RV. It's going to happen Monday or Tuesday. And then it was next Monday or Tuesday. Then it was next Wednesday or Thursday. And this went on until I lost faith in it. And he would get upset with me for losing that faith. Then he started doing shopping for big ticket items, even, you know, thinking we're going to have all this money. And he bought a boat that was very much out of our financial means. And I did not agree with this purchase. And I told him at that time, this is the first time I have not felt like a team. I said, I have felt like a team until this point but I don't anymore. And, you know, looking back, I wish I had taken off my engagement ring and handed it to him. But I, I stayed and we went ahead and got married in 12. I really and truly, I was head over heels for this man. I, I really was. But even after they were married, her husband couldn't seem to let it go. He talks about the dinar a lot. And I tell him, one day we took a walk in the neighborhood, and he's telling me, when are you going to start believing about this? And, I, and I, I, I've always held my ground and been honest with him. And I said, I don't know. I said, I, I live in the reality of today, of the money that I make and the money that you make. And that is my reality. I don't live in this fantasy world that you live in. And he got a little mad at me. And, you know, when we walked, we always held hands. And I, I took my hand away from his and he looked at, he stopped and he looked at me and he goes, wow, you don't want to hold my hand. And I'll never forget that moment right there where he was like, he knew I was serious. From there, small things would happen with her husband that seemed weird, but she tried to overlook them and uphold her marriage vows. 
I remember somebody at his work said to him, hey, have you heard this guy, Obama, is going to run for president of the United States? And my husband was never into politics before that. We were both Republican, uh, but not, we, 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 at that point, nobody was like evil or the devil or anything. Well, his friend called Obama the Antichrist and, you know, and the name Barack Hussein Obama. That really offended my husband as a citizen of the United States of America to the point where he was extreme anti-Obama. When Trump ran for the presidency in 2016, Claire approached it with an open mind, despite her dislike for the man. Then Trump started running, and at first I thought it was a joke. You know, I was like, what? Trump is running for president? What the heck? You know, that loudmouth idiot. You know, next thing you, I mean, but honestly, w- given the choice of him or Hillary, I was like, I'm, t- I'm voting for Trump. Maybe he'll shake things up in this country. We need different. Hillary is the same. So let's go with Trump. So, and I, I told friends that I didn't care who knew that I thought that, but back then our country was not so divided and So Trump gets voted in, and I remember sitting on the couch the morning after the election, and I thought he'd never win, and I sat there watching the news, and my jaw hit the floor. He won. Wow. You know, and so we had the four years, and, you know, I honestly felt, I I really believe the man needed to have his tongue cut out because he couldn't keep it in check. When he ran again, my husband started telling me, this is when things started to get weird, when Trump ran the second time. He said, you know, this election is a done deal. They don't even have to have it. He's already our president again. Biden will, Biden's not going to be our president. And I was like, that didn't make any sense to me, but he was saying a lot of things back then that didn't make any sense. And then when the day of the election, it's all over the news, you know, of course, that Trump didn't win, Biden won. And my husband is sitting on the couch almost in tears. He is distraught. He's like, my sources, are they lying to me? What is happening here? And I, I don't regret this for a minute. I took that opportunity to say to him, I believe they are lying to you and that you are brainwashed. And he got so mad. He got his phone and he made me. He said, if you don't listen to this video right here and now, I'm leaving. We're done. So I I listened to it because, you know, I did not want another divorce. I did still love this man, but I knew something wasn't right. Claire had a bad feeling, and it wouldn't go away. It just got worse from there. He started telling me, let's see, he told me that the hurricane, a second hurricane that hit uh, Mississippi was caused by the bad guys. He said, you know, they did that. And I said, I said, only God controls the weather. He started saying things like JFK Jr. was still alive, Elvis is alive, Princess Diana's alive. 
uh, Michael Jackson's alive. The Bidens, Clintons, and Obamas have all been arrested. People on TV are body doubles. And Michelle Obama is a man. Then he starts into the whole Nazara and Jazara thing. There's going to be a total reset of the world monies. No more IRS. All people will be paid back. All the taxes and interest paid for many years, and we will all be rich. This is this was his story every single day to me. And every single time he talked about it, I would just listen and go, uh-huh, mm-hmm, really? Because <laughs> what am I going to say? <laughs> I didn't want to get in a fight with the man's. Nasara, or the National Economic Security and Recovery Act, is a set of proposed economic reforms in the United States that has been the subject of numerous conspiracy theories and controversies. The proposed reforms would bring about significant changes to the U.S. economic system, including debt forgiveness for individuals, reforms to the banking and financial sectors, the abolition of the income tax system, and the establishment of a new currency backed by precious metals like gold. It was offered up in the 1980s by Harvey Francis Bernard, who was just your everyday average American guy. He passed away in 2005. The proposals have never been introduced to the United States Congress and are mere suggestions and in no way binding. Imagine if, after I record this, I sat down and wrote out a lofty plan for making every citizen of Canada wealthy, and then I just let that plan sit on my Google Drive and maybe shared it with a friend or two. That's what Nasera is, essentially. Some guy's grandiose proposal that had no basis in fact— We've already gone over the gold standard in episode 13 of season one, so we know why it would never work in today's world. Nasera is kind of like watching Star Trek. It's neat to imagine our world like that, but it's simply not the way things are. Similarly, Jacera is the same thing on a global scale. Conspiracy theorists just ran with this as soon as they got their hands on it, and it's been blown way out of proportion. Some of the more outlandish claims associated with Nasera include the notion that it is secretly backed by a group of extraterrestrial beings and that it has already been secretly implemented by the U.S. government without public knowledge. In my research for this episode, I came across a Google result that was actually a court document from right here in British Columbia, Canada. A woman in Vancouver was contesting the foreclosure of her home because, she claimed, her mortgage had been forgiven in February of 2022 per the doctrine of Nasera and Jacera. Of course, the court ruled against her and it looks like she lost her home. A home that she had purchased for $400,000 and was now worth $1.7 million. This absolutely breaks my heart. This woman never would have taken the chance with her home if she hadn't believed these ideas with her whole heart. As much as I want to point out how stupid the theory is and wonder how she could have ever believed something so insane, I recognize that this woman is a victim. A victim of the same forces that have taken hold of Claire's husband. But Nasera and Jacera are far from the wildest things he believes. He believes that most of all Hollywood is pedophiles. And recently, 
this is even hard to say. It's so weird. You may have heard this before. He told me that the way the Hollywood elites stay young is by drinking the blood of infants that have been tortured to the point that their adrenaline is so high that that they drain that blood, the Hollywood elites drink it, and they have eternal youth. Have you heard that before? Yeah, I've heard like that they also say that Hillary Clinton does that, which is just so weird because like she's aging. <laughs> like we can see that she's aging quite gracefully, but she's still aging. <laughs> and of course, like so many of our cues, Claire's husband is hiding precious metals in his home. They told him that silver was going to exponentially just blow up off the charts in value. So in in our safe right now, we have $17,000 worth of silver and gold. <laughs> that could be paying our mortgage down, <laughs> you know? But he doesn't see the value in that because Nazara and Jazara is going to take care of that in his mind. Often, her husband's delusions involved violent ends for their family. This was in 22, February of 22. He started getting paranoid. He told he had a Trump flag flying under your, our United States flag in the yard. And he said he took it down because he feared our house would be blown up because we supported Trump. He has told me that if Hillary would have been elected when her and Trump ran against each other, that we would either, that they were going to come knocking on our doors, whoever they are, and they were going to say, if you didn't agree with Hillary's ways and whatever, they were either going to kill you or just take you to a concentration camp and we'd all be dead. That is, that is, he says that to me to this day. He repeats that to me. He goes, what don't you understand about that? And I'm like, it's, it's, I'm like, it's ludicrous. And of course, no good Q story would be complete without the influence of extraterrestrials. He told me that he believes that the United States are getting our technological information from aliens because they are so advanced and that the good guys had killed many reptilians here on Earth. In other words, bad aliens. He said it's just like Men in Black. That day, my mind was blown. I was like, what the heck? I was actually recording the whole conversation on my phone because I thought, I don't know if I'm going to need this or what. Maybe I'll get him into counseling because I tried several times and he always refused. When the pandemic hit, it only seemed to pull Claire's husband deeper into the rabbit hole. COVID happened. And of course, you know, all the churches went online and stuff. Well, he didn't see the value in doing that. And in the meantime, I had found a new church. I wanted a church that was close to home. And he refuses to go to my church. He, I, I'm not going to get into that whole deal, but I kept asking him, when are you going to go back to your church? And he, and he told me, this was like post-COVID, he said, 
those people are a bunch of liberals. They want me to wear a mask. They're, they're just liberals. I'm not going back. I can't stand them. He's known these people from birth. They are like his second family. And that's what he thinks of them now, just because they don't agree with him. The pandemic was the, the pandemic, as I'm sure you've heard. Uh, it was fake. Every number of every single aspect of it was doctored by the media and whoever else had their hand in it. And if you took the vaccine, you were doomed to die within three years. You were going to be sick as a dog, die, whatever. Like that's, that's their way of eliminating the population. For Claire's husband, even the COVID tests were part of the plan to, well, I don't really know what the plan was meant to achieve. I had to have surgery a year ago, January, and I had to have a COVID test. And he said, do not let them stick that all the way up into your brain. <laughs> so I go to the pharmacy, they do the COVID test and, you know, they just barely swipe it in there like, you know, normal procedure and I'm fine. And he said the COVID test swabs were poisoned and they were ramming that stuff up into your brain and you were going to die. I was pretty sick. At, you know, this was like maybe six months ago. And I, I don't know what I was thinking, who I was talking to, but I told him, because we had a few, you know, tests here in the house, home tests, and I took one. And I said, well, at least I can go to work, you know. I, I said, it's probably just a bad cold. I said, I took a COVID test and it was negative, and he went through the roof. He goes, do you know you may have just killed yourself? Th those were his words to me, and I was like, mm. Yeah. Claire became increasingly worried when she noticed her husband was alienating more and more people from his life. Just recently, a friend of ours had a hernia operation, so he couldn't do lifting, and he asked my husband to go with him to pick up a heavy item at some warehouse. So we went with him. And later that afternoon, I got a text from his wife and she said, I'm really sorry if is mad at my husband. She said, but he told him, you're getting really out there. I don't, I don't believe this stuff. I, you know, I, I listened to some of the videos you sent in the beginning. He goes, but it's getting too out there for me. And I guess my husband got mad and whatever. And I called her and I said, you tell him, I applaud him. I said, he did the right thing. I said, he's standing up for what he believes in and that's fine by me. I said, I don't care if he's mad at him. His colleagues at work noticed things had changed with him. He's got a few friends at work now that will not talk to him because he has talked to them about this. And I just think they don't know what to do with him. So they just avoid him. He's even managed to put a strain on relationships in the family. His one cousin's wife has cancer. And she's, she's probably about in her late 40s. And so she's young. She had cancer. It went away. And now it's back with a vengeance. Stage four. 
And, you know, we don't know how long she has, but he went to their house and he begged them to talk to their doctors about, I can't remember the name of the drugs right now. The medicine that she forgot the name of was the Q-Fave Ivermectin, because of course it was. Ivermectin is an antiparasitic medication used to treat parasitic infections like heartworm. Some studies have suggested that ivermectin may have antiviral properties and could potentially be used to treat COVID-19. However, these studies have been largely observational or small-scale and have not been subject to the same rigorous testing and peer review process as clinical trials. As a result, major health organizations, such as the World Health Organization and the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, have not recommended the use of ivermectin as a treatment for COVID-19. In fact, the FDA has issued a warning against the use of ivermectin to treat or prevent COVID-19, stating that there is no evidence to support its effectiveness and that taking large doses of ivermectin can be dangerous. But that wasn't good enough for our QAnon friends. They latched onto this medication like lice to a seven-year-old's head. It has since been touted by conspiracy theorists as the be-all and end-all of medications treating everything from cancer to a bad case of the trots. But let me be clear, ivermectin is not to be used without the guidance of a qualified physician. The risks of using this drug without a doctor's prescription include nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, abdominal pain, loss of appetite, dizziness, headache, muscle pain, skin rash, itching, swelling of the face, lips, tongue or throat, and difficulty breathing. In rare cases, taking ivermectin without medical supervision can lead to more serious side effects such as low blood pressure, seizures, and liver damage. Overdose can also occur, which can be life-threatening. We care about our listeners, so please do not ever let anyone talk you into taking this drug without a doctor's approval. It always struck me as strange that the Q crowd didn't want to take the vaccine because they didn't trust Big Pharma, but they'll happily consume ivermectin, which is every bit as Big Pharma as the Pfizer vaccine. It's manufactured by companies such as Merck, Cipla, Glenmark, and Sun Pharma, which each have a net worth well into the billions. So Claire's husband pushed ivermectin on his cousin, who was suffering from stage four cancer, and swore that there was a cure coming. And then he started talking about these medicines will save you long enough until the med beds come out. He said, all you'll have to do is lay in this med bed for a day and you will be healed of your cancer. He got in their face and she got back in his face and said, you're crazy. And so their relationship is strained. He even endured his own pain as he waited for all of these predictions to come true. He played softball for years and his ankles are erect because of it to the point where he needs surgery bad but he won't do it because he says my ankles will be healed when I get my med bed all I have to do is be in there an hour and my ankles will be fixed he believes this with his heart and soul 
and there's nothing I can say to change his mind. His wild medical theories eventually became costly. He, he asked me to sit down, one of his little sit-down talks with me, and he, he said, look at this. And they were two little cans about the size of a green bean can that you'd buy in the grocery store. And they were Tesla biohealers. And he bought them from some queue or whatever website. They're kind of like mini med beds, I guess. And he paid $600 a piece. He paid $1,200 for these two little cans. He said, I want you to sleep with this on your nightstand right near you. He said, when you're at work, because he works from home, he said, I'm going to have both of them sitting with me and they are going to heal us from anything we get. He goes, we are going to feel so good. How long ago was that? It was February of 22. He bought them because he dated them. He put the date on them that he bought them. Did his ankles get better? Nope. Nothing got better. Nothing. And I said, uh, I didn't say much. I just sat there and listened. He goes, I thought you'd be mad. And at this point I'm, in my head, I'm thinking, what's the point of getting mad? It doesn't do any good. <laughs> you know? That's been my mantra too. I'm just like, why get mad? It just makes him mad. <laughs> and then we fight and then I'm stressed. And, <laughs> you know, so I just let it roll. Tesla bio healers. Here we go. So this is not a product made by the electric car company that Elon owns. This is a whole other company that has purchased an old motel and runs their operation out of it. They have an eclectic mix of offerings, which include staying a night at one of their rooms that have Tesla biohealers under the bed. You can also swim in their pool, which contains several biohealers. You can even rent out the conference room for your wedding with or without biohealers. A biohealer is, like Claire described, a can. It's about the size of one of those cans of stewed tomatoes you can buy at the grocery store. I have absolutely no idea what is in it, but I'm going to put my money on sweet, fancy bupkis. The company claims that these can generate life force, which of course cannot be detected, monitored, or measured in any way. You can get the small cans for $600 a piece, but if you're really low on that life force, you can grab a big one for 20 k All joking aside, this sort of thing infuriates me. It doesn't take a genius to figure out that these cans are a scam. This company is preying on the desperately sick, offering them false hope that their miracle cans can give them a chance for survival. It's nothing short of sheer barbarism. For Claire, this was the beginning of the end. Her husband's delusions were now having an effect on her real life. We live on a half acre, and it's it's got a lot of landscaping. And, you know, he does the grass and all that, and I do all that because I work at a school. I have the summers off, so I have a lot of time for yard work. So I do all the trimming of the bushes, all the weeding, all the flowers. Well, you know, I'm in my 60s. I'm getting tired. So what would happen is I would get three-fourths of the way done, and the part in the back, which is big, I couldn't get to it because the part in the front by that time needed attention again. <laughs> and that's what people see. So 
So I never got to the back. Well, it's turned into this massive mess. And I said, hey, let's, um, let's just turn that all under and put grass in there. He goes, I'm not putting another dime in this house. We're going to be rich. Why would I fix up this house when we're going to have a new grand house? And I was like, hmm, nope, mm -mm. <laughs> this is not going to be the rest of my life. <laughs> Living with carpets with humps in them and countertops from the 80s <laughs> and yard that yard that doesn't get taken care of, a deck that won't get stained because he's going to have a new grand house. My daughter needed a new mattress. What does a twin bed mattress cost? Less than $1,000 or so. And he said, not right now. We don't have the money. I got in that safe and I found so much silver and I found receipts for all that silver totaling five times plus what a mattress would cost. And I, and I said, Oh no, hell no. <laughs> my daughter needs a mattress and that is happening. I did put my foot down then. Claire was starting to run out of patience. It got to the point when he started talking about this. I'd say I would be very uncomfortable and I would say, can we please change the subject? He'd get mad and he'd say, my own wife doesn't even support me in this. You know, he goes... People at work are starting to look at me like I have five heads, and now you won't even talk to me about it. You don't believe me. He said, when the whole truth comes out, you won't be able to handle it, and, and he's not going to help me because I don't believe him. He always says, you don't believe me. I see it on your face. And I'm like, well, I'm sorry. I'm not, I, 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 my mantra through this entire thing has been, I'm not going to base our marriage on lies and tell you that I believe things that I do not. And I am allowed to have my own thoughts. You cannot tell me how to think. I have said that from day one and stuck by it, and it infuriates him. And I'm just, I'm extremely fortunate that he is not a violent man. Eventually, Claire began to wonder if things were too far gone to fix. I hate to say this, but I have kind of come to the conclusion of, you know what? It's not my problem. I have done everything I can. I have been through this for years, trying to help him, trying to make him see the light, trying to help him understand that these are lies, and he's not hearing it. Claire's husband was on the verge of committing serious crimes. He told me, not this past tax season, you know, we're just ending the 22 tax season here in April, but he told me last year, I said, when are we going to file our taxes? It was getting late and we usually had them done. And he goes, we're not filing. And I said, why? He goes, because the IRS has been abolished. And I said, uh, call your brother, ask him if he's done his taxes. And he did. And his brother said, yeah, and we got our return and everything already. And I said, file, 
the taxes. <laughs> and he did. <laughs> and yeah. And that's when my, my oldest son said to me, Mom, he goes, you can go to jail for that. It's time to get out. Clara recently visited one of her sons on the West Coast, where she realized how strange parts of her relationship truly were. I was just actually out there over my spring break, and we were watching, uh, they said, hey, let's watch um, this A Man Called Otto with Tom Hanks. And I said, oh, that'll be awesome. I'm like, I'm not allowed to watch Tom Hanks at home because he says he's the head of the pedophile group in Hollywood. And my, my son and his girlfriend were like, What? He's an American he, hero, kind of, sort of. He's like, he, yeah, he's an American treasure. <laughs> and I said, hey, I said, don't hate the messenger. <laughs> Her adult children were now being affected by it all. My husband tried to talk to him once about it all. And he told me he was going to do it. So I warned my son that this was going to happen. So they were by themselves when we were down at their house one time. And he did try to talk to my son, and my son was just like, uh-huh, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. So my husband told me, he said, yeah, I talked to him, and he said, he thinks I'm lying. He goes, he, he thinks I'm crazy, whatever. And, uh, yeah, my son was like, yeah, he's crazy. And I, I did play that video about the aliens to both of my boys, and they're like, yeah, that is beyond crazy. They're, he's messed up. She wished he could be more like his friend. He has one good friend that he's known since birth, really. And she is hook, line, and sinker with him. If we get together with her and her husband, they start talking about it. But she, unlike him, will say to me, Claire, do you believe? And I, I always say, no, I'm sorry, I don't. And she's like, you know what? That's okay. It, you can choose to believe what you want. And I look at him when she says that. <laughs> Because that's not what he thinks. Claire's husband believed wholeheartedly that he was on the right path and doing all the right things. Well, when I have tried to back up my arguments with Bible, he says to me, you don't understand, this is biblical. And whenever he has made me listen to his videos, they throw a Bible verse in here and a Bible verse in there. And they talk about God and Jesus and just enough to make him believe that it is biblical, but it is not. It is far from that. He told me so many times, I have been chosen for this. Claire thinks QAnon and Q-related theories make her husband feel smart. He is somewhat intelligent. He's not the brightest guy, but he is intelligent. I mean, he's got a high school education. He's worked in the same field and earned a good living for 40 years with the same company and they value his work when they need it done right they go to him because he knows what he's doing but he says i have never felt this smart he said i have been so educated she also thinks these theories have allowed him to believe he will come into a great fortune his first wife was bipolar. They had a child together. And that woman did extremely evil things to him to try to get that child out of his life. I mean, I'm talking stuff no one should have to go through. And I mean, he hung in there as a father. 
but it cost him so much financially to stay in her life because that's the I knew, that good person. He, he is still a father to that adult person and to her children. And I think the fact that, wow, I've been through all this financial hardship and now I can be rich. I can be wealthy. I think that fantasy overall has kept him going. Claire has been grieving the loss of her husband for a very long time. I told him, I said, I want my back. I said, I want the who proposed to me in front of all our friends, the who married me on a beach in Hawaii. I said, I want the who will sit down and watch an Ohio State football game with me and we're just so into it and high-fiving and having fun and not another care in the world. I said, I want that back, that we went tailgating, you know, and it was just a fun day and none of this stress and garbage. And he told me that does not exist anymore. He said, that is not coming back. He said, I am the smarter, new, more educated version of. I fell in love with the man who lived so simply. The thing that attracted me to him the most was how he was so comfortable in his own skin, period. He was like, this is me, take me or leave me. And I loved it. I was like, this guy could care less what anybody thinks. And that was so refreshing after my first marriage of being married to a narcissist who had to project a perfect image to the entire world. (laughs) And I was like, this is refreshing like no other. And, you know, he was funny. Like, you know, I'm a health nut. He's not. And one time I was at his house and I looked in his freezer and he had a package of corn dogs in there. And I said, you know, these things are so unhealthy. And he goes, yeah, but I love those. And so I I circled on the ingredient list in a black Sharpie all the things that were bad for him. And then later he goes in the freezer and he picks up that box and he looks at it. And he was joking and he goes, well, you ruined it. (laughs) And he threw it back in the freezer. (laughs) Just stuff like that. The simple little things. You know, like I remember... Um, When he was getting ready to sell his house so he could move in here with me, we were cleaning out a closet in his hallway, and I was practically on the floor laughing, and I thought, if we can have this much fun cleaning out a closet, we've got it made. (laughs) I mean, cleaning out a closet, because he would say, yeah, you don't want any of my crap. You only want to keep your crap, and then he would make some joke about it, and I knew he was kidding. But he, he made it fun. You know, he's, he, he has a great sense of humor. He did. But I just, I miss the fun. I want him back so bad. And he's gone. He's not coming back. Do you think this has, like, kind of replaced his religion? Yes. Yes, no doubt. It has replaced our marriage. It has replaced everything in his life. Claire worries about where these theories might lead her husband. I worry about suicide. I worry about him being so isolated because, 
last fall, I was getting ready to go to a fall festival with his brother and his girlfriend. And before I left, he had one of his famous, we need to talks, (laughs) sit downs with me. And he told me how he felt so isolated. He goes, my family doesn't want to hear it anymore. Nobody at my work wants to hear it. He goes, and my own wife doesn't want to hear it. And he sobbed like a baby in my arms. And I just, and I just let him. And I thought to myself, this man is so desperate for someone to believe. When is he going to get it that everybody doesn't believe because it doesn't exist? This is a fantasy world he's living in. Yeah. And I went there that day and I told, we had lunch at this fall thing. And I told his brother, I I told him exactly what happened. I said, your brother just cried like a baby in my arms over this. And he's like, I don't, I don't know what to do, you know? She also worries about QAnon and its effect on our world. It seems to be spreading so big. It's getting big. More and more people are falling for it. There are two people. I work for a large school district, and in the one building where I am the bulk of the day, two people out of, I don't know how many work in that building, maybe maybe 200 people work in that building total. I don't know. It's a big high school. And one lady is hook, line, and sinker, and one guy is just starting to get into it. And I want to say something to him. Today, Claire is awaiting the finalization of her divorce from him. I would have left him probably a few months ago, but his mom got really sick and did pass away. And I thought, this man needs me right now. So I stayed and I thought, you know, it just, I just asked for the divorce Monday night and that had been two months since his mom passed. I gave him that grieving time. When I asked him for the divorce Monday night, I was like, no more life on his terms. I'm saying what I want. I'm doing what I want. I'm done. Things have been bad for a while in our relationship. Um, You know, we run hot and cold. Mainly, like I said, life was kind of on his terms. I tried not to step on his toes to keep the peace. But on occasion, I would forget, you know, forgetting in, in my rational head that you can't say this and you can't say that because it's like poking the bear. I would say something innocently and it would infuriate him because it would definitely tell him I didn't believe. And then he would not talk to me for days on end. And so that's how things had been. So um, when I asked him for the divorce, uh, I said, I can't do this anymore. I can't. I said, it is putting a major strain on my physical and emotional health and I'm done. And we talked a little bit more and then I disagreed with him about something and he started mocking me again. And I said, you're mocking me, I'm done. And I got up and walked back to the bedroom. A Few minutes later, he follows me back there and he goes, 
you know, we've kind of been living as roommates for a while now. He goes, why can't we just do that? Why can't we just do that? And I won't talk about it anymore. And I said, are you going to listen to those videos? And he said, yeah, I've come this far. I'm not stopping now. And I said, then no, forget it. I asked Claire if there was anything he could do to win her back. He would have to go to counseling. It would take a whole lot on his part for me to stay at this point because he has put me through so much and I am at the end of my rope with him. And I'm starting to see light at the end of the tunnel with different things that are starting to come into my life. You know, this little rental that I have found for my daughter and myself to live in. And, I mean, the sale of our house will bring money where I will be able to buy things that I couldn't because, like, he was buying all this silver with all our extra money. I mean, like, I need a new car. (laughs) For now, though, Claire has to worry about moving and making her divorce amicable. Tomorrow we're supposed to talk about the letter from my lawyer. And in it, it says everything will be split right down the middle, including what's in the safe. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, I haven't asked for spousal support. I don't want part of his 401k, even though he has more in his than I do. Um, So if he doesn't do that, I can go for the safe. I mean, I can go for his 401k. Yeah, if he doesn't want to split the safe. I mean, I went back there. I took pictures of all of it last weekend when he was out of town. It took me well over an hour to take all those pictures. Claire has a powerful support system. I'll tell you what's probably held me together um, partially and um, is the church I belong to is Bible-based And it's not wackadoodle. Like, I know some people think church is affiliated with this whole QAnon thing. Well, my church is not. And they believe in God. Their whole mission is let's love on everybody who walks through our door and help them build a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's it. That's what they do, period. And I feel like I am home there. And these people have loved on me and backed me up, supported me, believed in me, you name it, they are there. And that is what has kept me going through this whole process. We have in our church what's called small groups, and it's where you have a group of people from the church that you meet with once a week, and we do Bible study. And um, these women in my group are like, sisters to me. That's, you know, the bond that we have. And they know the whole story and they have rallied behind me at every point. Her advice for those of you who are struggling with a cue in your life is simple. Surround yourself with other people who love you and truly care about you and listen to them. Get a counselor and tell them the truth about what you're going through and take their advice. This totally normal guy that I married is gone, 100%. And 
I wish I could have stopped it, but you know, sometimes I think I was too nice. I think I've stuck around so long, partially because my daughter loves him. It kills me to know I'm gonna have to yank this man out of her life. I will pray for this man till the day I die because he, he needs prayers big time. He is delusional with a capital D. But the future looks promising for Claire. Well, I, I'm going to retire in a couple of years, probably. I'm not sure if I'm going to stay where I am now or move where my, my son and my three grandchildren and my son's wife live, maybe, and just enjoy loving on them and, you know, taking care of my daughter the rest of my life. I have a mom who is 85 and in assisted living with dementia. I want to spend as much time with her as possible, love on her while she still knows who I am. And I want to buy a Honda Ridgeline and just be a badass. <laughs> Not really, but kind of. <laughs> thank Claire for sitting down with me and helping to provide a new perspective to our podcast. I hope everything goes well, the divorce is amicable, and you and your daughter get the peace and happiness you deserve. Many thanks to our patrons who enable this podcast. Without you, getting this show out every two weeks would be impossible. As thanks, we give all of our patrons access to ad-free versions of each episode, as well as bonus clips from some of them. Sign up at the link in our show notes. In the next episode, we talk to Nova, whose mother has fallen into a white supremacist rabbit hole. You don't want to miss this. So double check that you're subscribed wherever you get your podcasts and get notified when that goes up. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.